Hello and welcome to Who Moved My Back in Podcast. I am your host, Clyde Tammy, and I go by That Girl Tammy on Instagram and Twitter. So today is episode three and I decided to make this a solo episode. The reason why I decided to do this solo episode is because I realized that I am interviewing a lot of women in business, but I actually haven't introduced myself properly meaning that a lot of people don't know who I am or what I do, apart from the little snippet I put in the introductory um, episode. So, quick introduction. My name is Clyde T. Tammy. I have two businesses, two companies. One is called BQ London. It is a skincare company. I started this company in 2018. Well, the real tea is I actually started this company in 2013. But what happened was life got in the way. Okay, story time. Are you ready? In 2012, my friend and I decided that we were going to open a spa, which would do massages, facials, and all those things that I love. Um, she is naturally gifted in giving massages. Like she is amazing. So the law right now in the UK is you don't need to be, to have a qualification to do massage, but you, you do need a qualification if you want to be insured. So what we decided was I would do the course to learn how to give massages because that way it will give us that insurance that we need if we do open a spa. So I finished the course. At this point, I had already learned about how to mix oils because I did aromatherapy, so which is a study of oils. And so I knew a lot of oils. I knew what they were good for and I knew what they were doing. But the thought of selling the product didn't really cross my mind until I finished the course. And I thought, well... I'm already making products for me to use at home. Maybe I can make them for some people as well. And the idea of making the products for myself was because I have very, very sensitive skin. I cannot use perfume. I cannot use like perfume products at all. I can use normal perfume, like, you know, like a spray. I can use that. That's fine. But I can't use body lotions or shower gels that have artificial perfume in them I break out like crazy and this has been happening for a long time but I never realized why I was breaking out um like I'd have spots on my arms my back everything it was a whole mess so it was only when I started making the products for myself just to see what what would happen I realized I wasn't breaking out anymore that's how I was like okay I always think that if I have a product problem I'm not the only one. Someone out there must have the same problem as me. Um, I did a bit of market research. This is when the whole natural beauty was coming into trend. And I got a great reception from everyone. Um, So I officially launched Butter Queen. It was called Butter Queen at the time. I officially launched Butter Queen in November 2013. Did very good. Had a mad Christmas rush. Um... It was actually a bit too mad. I think it was more than I was ready for at that time. Um, So in February 2014, I decided to stop. It was 
just getting too much for me. I was not ready for it. So I stopped that and just carried on about my life, carried on my job. I tried to be content in the job that I was doing. I was trying to make a career out of it. I was trying to advance myself in that, but I never got the satisfaction that other people got with their jobs. And this is something that I was looking for. Like I wanted that job satisfaction. I kept thinking, what can I do? What job can I do for me to love my job the way that other people love their jobs? And other people would say, no one really loves that job, you know. No one likes working. Like, you're totally normal. But I cannot explain to you. When I say <laughs> I hated working, <laughs> I feel like I hated working more than the normal person. Like, every second that I worked, I felt like I was wasting my life. So... I started thinking to myself, okay, you're not happy working. Maybe you need to start doing something else. Bear in mind, this whole time I'm busy mixing my products. I'm busy, you know, making my own products at home, thinking, what business can I do while I'm making my own butter for me to use at home? Um, The thought of reviving Butter Queen was gone. But it wasn't like, I didn't completely say it's it's done, done. I just kind of said, not right now. And when I was looking for a new business idea, it still wasn't something that I wanted to pursue. So there I am thinking, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And if I tell you that no idea came to me, like nothing, I had zero. Like my brain, my creative brain was completely gone. So I thought, okay, it'll come, it'll come, it'll come. Because most of my ideas just come out of the blue. Like I don't look for them. It didn't come. In 2016, no, I gave birth to my son in 2017. And whilst I was on maternity leave, I loved it. I was like, I love maternity leave. It is the best annual leave ever. Honestly, I was like, I love this. I thought to myself, I need to do something with my life. Like I need to start a business for me not to go back to work. That's what I was thinking. I need to start a business so I don't have to go back to work. And... Nothing was coming, still. In December 2017, we went to Ghana. And Ghana is a land of shea butter. There was so much shea butter. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, mountains and mountains of shea butter. And when I just looked at it, I just felt this love. This light bulb just went off. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? This is what you're supposed to be doing. You need to revive butter queen like this is what you're supposed to be doing you're supposed to do this from then i just started working on it some of the products that are there right now were there before so for example say yes was there in 2013 which is the massage oil the raw shea butter was there so some of the products from 2013 were still on the 2018 list Amongst other things, other new bits and pieces as well. So Marvin Gaye was a new one. No, Marvin Gaye was not a new one. Marvin Gaye was called Red Light Special in 2013, based on the song. Like, I like to use songs as names. So Say Yes is from Floretry. And Red Light Special was the TLC song, Red Light Special. But when I relaunched, I just thought there might be a stigma around the red light you know 
so I decided to change that to Marvin Gaye. What I had before was Dr. Migraine, which was a really good oil if you had headaches or if you had period pains. Um, the reason why I decided not to bring that back is because after doing more research, you can't advertise something as a medicinal benefit if you don't have the research and the backing to go with it. So that's why I took Dr. Migraine off. I brought Bedtime Bliss in, which is also really good for like headaches and stuff because it has lavender as its main ingredient. Anyway, I'm waffling. <laughs> Relaunched <laughs> BQ, Butter Queen in March as BQ London. I wanted to shorten the name. And also, Butter Queen was coming back with too many Google results, which is something that I did not know in 2013, that if you're choosing a company name, you need to make sure that your name is unique. If you have a name that's very, very common, you are going to get lost in Google results. You'll be on the second page, if not more, and no one ever looks on the second page of Google. So you want to be on the first page. So the reason why I changed it to BQ London was because it was more unique. But what I did not realize is if you type in BQ London, it comes up with BNQ London results. So that was something that I messed up. I didn't really think that through. But if you look at BQ London, you notice that there's no space between the Q and the London. That's why. Because once you put the BQ space London, you come up with BNQ results. So it's BQ London, all one word, and then we come up as the first result. Lessons learned, that is one of the lessons. Always research the name of the company. Make sure that it does not sound like something else. Otherwise, you're going to get lost or you're going to have to work very, very, very hard for you to be on page one of any search. Later later 2018, we brought out the Good Skin Collection. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. I, I just feel like I'm waffling too much. And I kept adding products on as we went along. So, for example, the Good Skin Collection kept growing. Last year, we brought out the Cleansing Puffs, which I love. Check them out if you don't know them already or if you don't have one. They are amazing. And then this year in November, just now actually, so this month we brought out the body scrubs and the lip scrub and the lip balm. So Melody Box came to me when I had my son. So Melody Box came in 2017. Even though I launched it in 2020, I had the idea in 2017 this was when subscription boxes started getting popular. My favorite subscription box was Birchbox, which is a beauty subscription. There's also Treasure Tresses, which is a subscription box for black hair. So these are some of my favorite subscription boxes. And I thought, I really would like to get into the subscription box market. I wonder what I can do. So the wheel started working again. This is after I decided to do BQ London, by the way. <laughs> so because before BQ London, there were no ideas. I wanted to do a um, men's lifestyle box. And I wanted to make it so luxury men's subscription box. So I did my research. I knew the contents I wanted in each box. But I decided that it was going to be very expensive for me to do because of the I wanted to be luxury so I wanted like good expensive stuff in there but the thing is if you're doing a subscription box you need to really think of your 
margins. You need to make sure that what you're charging people is reasonable enough for them to pay it each month. And also you're getting a good return on it each month. And I just didn't see how I was going to be able to do that. So I thought to myself, maybe I should do like an eco-friendly box. This was going to be such a really good idea. The margins were great on it. I was going to do things like bamboo toothbrushes, reusable stuff, you know, just eco-friendly stuff. Things that are things that are not bad for the environment because I am very, very passionate about saving the planet. That's why BQ London is such a sustainable brand. We stopped using plastic jars and started using glass jars because that, you know, that's more recyclable. It's better for the environment. So I thought an eco-friendly box would be great because it also ties in very, very well with BQ London, with what the brand is about. But the problem is, whenever I'm thinking of an idea for business, I need to be able to grow it in my head. And I just wasn't able to grow it. I didn't see what else I could put in the boxes. I mean, fair enough, yes, with more research you can find stuff, but I rely a lot on my imagination, probably to my detriment. And if I cannot imagine it, it's hard for me to be driven or motivated by it. So I decided to park the idea. And then the idea of Melody Box came because I just thought it was so long to google every milestone in every month like what my son needed every month i'm thinking okay so he's doing this now what should we be doing oh he's doing this now what toys should i get and i just thought this would be so much easier if someone just had and someone could just deliver this stuff to me every month just tell me what my son just give me what my son needs i don't want to be googling every month so i thought okay we need to take the hustle out this is what we're going to do so we need to start this subscription box like I said, at the time, I just started BQ London again. So it was not wise to do two businesses at the same time, even though sometimes I feel like I can do it. But the truth is, it would have been a headache. So I decided to park the idea of Melody Box. It didn't have a name at the time. And concentrate on BQ London. Fast forward to 2020. If you are interested to go into business, make sure you join Facebook groups that talk about what you want to do they're very very helpful they have helped me so much with bq london and melody box so i was part of this group when someone was asking does anyone have or know any subscription boxes for kids so i just thought if i had done this idea i could be plugging my business right now and i felt like it was the right time to do bq london was pretty established so i decided to run with the idea and we launched in november that is a little bit about me. Um, I hope that gave you a good idea of what I do and the reason my why of doing this. The reason why I'm doing this is I just want to do something I love. I just want to fulfill my purpose. I want to wake up in the morning and not hate Mondays, Tuesdays through to Friday. So I understand that for me to have the life that I want, I have to put the work in. I have to do what I have to do. And I am very, very proud of myself, if I should say so myself, for doing this and keeping up with it. Because years ago, once I lost motivation, trust me, that was it. I'd stop. 
that might actually be the reason why maybe BQ London stopped in 2013 or 2014. Because once I feel like this is long, trust me, <laughs> the younger me would just be like, yeah, this is long, I'm not doing it. So I'm very, very proud of myself that I've managed to start these two companies and and I'm pursuing them and I'm trying to chase my dreams, trying to chase everything that I have ever dreamed of. So why did I start this podcast? Because I don't have business partners. Literally, BQ London and Melody Box are run by me. I outsource certain things. I outsource some things that I can't do myself and I ask other people to do them for me and I pay them. But I don't have business partners or a partner. It's just me. And the reality is it doesn't necessarily get lonely, but you get to a point where you want to talk to people, you want to discuss ideas, you want to find out how they did this and how they did that. And I do have people and friends that are in business and that's great, but I wanted to reach people that I don't usually talk to every day. I wanted to reach to people that I don't know, to find out about them, to get to know them. That's why I started Home With My Back In. And I also thought that the conversations I have with them will be beneficial beneficial to the listeners to other people who are trying to start businesses and to know that as women of color as black women you're not alone you know you're not alone you have a whole community of women that are there for you that are trying that will help you that are willing to help you and go through the trenches so i posted on instagram a few days ago and if you wanted me to answer any quick questions on this episode i won't be able to go through all of them think what I'm going to do I'm going to save some of them for when I have a guest and then we can kind of go through the questions together just to get more opinions and more better advice maybe so I'm, that's what I'm going to do so I'm not going to answer all of them I'm just going to answer some of them okay so one of them was how do you balance running two businesses to tell you the truth it hasn't been half bad when I decided to do this full time, I had an action plan. <laughs> so, for example, I do two days of BQ London and two days of Melody Box and one day of podcasting. So, one day I will so I only do BQ London stuff. So, I literally plan my week ahead in advance. So, one day will be BQ London. And I'll put, okay, what am I supposed to do today for BQ London? The next day I'll do Melody Box. What am I supposed to do for Melody Box? Third day, I usually record the podcast on Wednesdays. So it really is just a matter of prioritizing everything and making sure that my time is spent wisely. Yeah, so that's how I basically balance running the two businesses at the same time. The next question was, how do you manage your time and juggle life? So, as explained in the previous answer, Monday to Friday, I use them to do most of the work. Allocating two days to Melody Box and two days to BQ London and one day for podcasting. So, Saturdays and Sundays, I tend not to work so much. If anything, I tend to do just social media stuff on the weekends. That's only if I need to do it. 
but it's like a very, very flexible thing. I try not to work after five o'clock every day. So I literally stop working at five and try and spend that time with my family and do what I need to do with them. Obviously, this does not always work. Sometimes I do end up doing work after five o'clock. Um, most days, what I usually do is, if I have a lot on, I stop working at five and then I'll pick things up at 12, like midnight. So I usually work from midnight until two, three o'clock in the morning, sometimes four. When I had to do the first shipment for Melody Box, I actually went to bed at 6.30 in the morning. But that's because I just wanted to stay up. I, The work, the packing itself, I started at midnight and I finished at four. And then cleaning up and tidying everything up took about half an hour. So I was finished about 4.30. But then I know myself, I work best at night. That's when I do my best work. I'm not a day person or morning person at all. The next question, I received two of more or less the same question, which is what are my inspirations and what inspires you? I think when I see other people doing well, that really, really inspires me. I love seeing people do well. And it's like a testament for me to know that if they can do it, I can do it too. That's why for a very, very long time, Oprah was my like my role model. Like Oprah was like Auntie Oprah. She was up there for me. She's not anymore, but that's a different conversation. But I still respect what she's done. And people like that who have literally started with nothing and now have made so much of themselves that inspires me so much that's why when people talk about um social media being bad and harmful and stuff like that I can't relate to that because I just follow people that inspire me if anyone starts posting things that I don't like I just unfollow them but for the most part I every day when I log on to Instagram or Twitter I am surrounded by people that inspire me that are doing things that I would like to do So I would say that my top five dinner guests will be Issa Rae, Rihanna, Beyonce. I think I had, um, oh, I forgot her name. Jeez. The writer of um, The Shy, Lena Waithe. I can't believe I forgot her name. Lena Waithe and I forgot who the fifth person was. But basically, they are women, black women, who are doing big things in the world. They are successful within their own right. And what I like about them is that all of them came from nothing and made something big of themselves. So that's definitely a big inspiration for me. I love to see people doing well because it makes me feel like I can do well or I should strive for that greatness. The next question was, what are the main considerations when starting a business? The biggest one I would say is profitability. Is it going to make you money or is it going to make you lose money? That's the most important thing. If it's going to make you money, then great. Then you can start 
your research and seeing if there's a market for it. I would say if you're thinking of starting a business and you have an idea in your head, you need to look at, are people going to buy this product or your service? How much can you sell your product or your service for, for it to make sense? Those are the two main things I would say. Um, if anything comes to me, I'll I'll put it in. But I think those are the main considerations that I will do. Is it the profitability and is there a market for it? Because sometimes you can have an amazing idea, but it doesn't mean that people want it. It's the painful truth. There's no point in having an amazing product and no one wants it. So definitely see, do your market research to see if people want it and see if it's profitable. The next question was, what inspired me to start my businesses? What basically inspired me to start BQ London? It was mostly because I have sensitive skin, right? And I was tired of using products that I perfumed. So I started making my own products. But I also wanted the freedom of ownership, the freedom of control, um, and the freedom of time. So that was my main drive to start a business. But those particular businesses was definitely because I wanted something that was eco-friendly. I wanted something that was kind to skin. So I started BQ London. I started Melody Box because I wanted to make parenting easier. Parenting is not easy. Like I am learning every single day. So I thought if I can take one thing out from stressing our parents, which is always Googling, always looking for what's suitable and let me provide that for them, that would be a great idea. So that's that's where the idea of Melody Box came from. What would you have told your 16-year-old self about life as a businesswoman? My 16-year-old self, definitely, oh, actually, when I was 16, I wanted to be a makeup artist and I wanted to have my own makeup line. I've always been into beauty. So what I would have told my 16-year-old self was don't give up. Just because it's hard, don't give up. Do the hard work and you will reap the benefits. I have always been business-minded, but I feel like when I was younger, I lacked the maturity and the persistence to see things through. I had lots of amazing ideas, but when it started getting hard and challenging, I'd be like, oh no, this is long, I don't want to do it. And then I'll drop it. So I'll definitely tell my 16-year-old self, it's not going to be easy, but if you start now, can you not imagine if I actually started when I was 16, where I'll be right now? When I was 16, I wanted to retire at 25. When I got to 25, <laughs> I said I would retire at 30. Now I'm 30. No, I'm not 30. I'm over 30. I'm just like, you know what? Let's see when it happens in it. <laughs> Let's not put an age on the retirement age on the retirement. Let's just see how it goes. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question. Do I need to study any business related courses? It depends on what you want to get into. I studied aromatherapy, so that really helped me with BQ London. Um, but I know a lot of people who are now studying natural skincare, they haven't done the course or anything like that, so they're able to. 
a lot of information is available on Google if you just do the research for it. But I feel like doing the course really, really helped me. And I would recommend anyone to do it if you're trying to get into skincare and stuff. Like, you learn so much from it. Anything else? I also studied um, in my profession. I was a company secretary. So I studied accounting, governance, uh, corporate governance, employment law, and corporate law. So I studied those for my job, and they actually have helped me in my own businesses, as in I'm able to read financial statements and they make sense to me. I can do like a little rough cash flow, you know, um, cash flow analysis and all this other stuff that comes with accounting. I'm forgetting the names of it now. So I feel like that really helped me. Corporate governance also really helped me to know some of the laws and what's needed. A little tip that I learned from employment law for those who are interested. When something, you know how people always say the customer is always right? The customer is not always right. And for example, if you see something in store and let's say it has a sticker on there that says like half price or 99p and then you go to the till and they tell you it's five pounds. I used to think that they have to sell it to you for the price that's on the label. Employment, uh, no employment law. Is it? No, it's not employment law, but consumer law, whatever. It says you don't have to sell it to them for the price that's displayed because when they come to the till, it is an offer. They're offering to buy this and you as the seller can say no. You can reject the sale. That's why in certain terms and conditions on websites and stuff, I know I even have it on mine, I say I reserve the right to decline a sale, which means that if someone buys from me, I can cancel the order and refund them the money and say I don't want to fulfill this order for whatever reason. So that was very, very interesting because I didn't know that. I thought the customer was always, you know, if it says this, then it has to be that. But it actually doesn't. All right. The next question. Should I straddle my current job and my side gig? Yes. Do not quit your day job. Do not do it. Especially right now in Corona. I know I sound very, very hypocritical because I quit my job to do <laughs> to do my businesses. But if we're being smart about things, do not quit your day job. Try and find time in your day to do both. So what I used to do when I was working, I used to use my breaks as the time that I would do BQ London work. When I'm on my way home, I used to take the train home or the bus home. I'll be doing a lot of work on my phone while I was doing that. Um, I, I wasn't doing anything first thing in the morning because, like I said, I'm not a morning person. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to wake up at 6 o'clock and start doing work. It's just not going to happen. So I'm more likely to stay late, stay up late and do work than wake up early. So during my breaks, I'll do work. On my way home, I'll do work. On my way to work, I'll do work. And around 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, I'll do work, finish about 12, and then go to bed. Obviously, now that I'm full-time, be killing in a melody box, I have more time to do them during the day so that my evenings are free. But if you are still working, if you still have your day job, do not quit your day job. Try and do both until your side business is profitable. 
then you can quit your day job. Otherwise, you'll struggle financially. And when you start struggling financially, it might take a toll on your mental health. And we don't want that. You should always protect your mental health. Okay, next question. How important is marketing? A smart man once said, is a good product a good product if it has bad marketing? Is it? If you don't know a product or if it's been marketed badly, is it still a good product? Some people might argue, yes, it's still a good product, but how will you know that it's a good product? Have you ever bought a product that was really, really bad, but had really, really good marketing behind it? Ooh, I was about to give an example. No. (laughs) I am not going to give an example. Anyway, and then you also have products that, that have bad marketing, but that just genuinely good products is just how they're presented. So marketing, it literally is the make or break of your business. Literally is. You need to have marketing on point. This is something that I'm still working on. I realize that I am good at a lot of things, but I'm not good at marketing. That is the reality of the situation. I am not good at marketing. So I'm still learning how to do marketing because I understand that that is the thing that stands between me and greatness or between my business and greatness. So yeah, marketing, very, very important. I'm just going to read one more question and then I'll wrap up. What is the hardest thing about being an entrepreneur? I'm going to start asking people this question actually when I'm doing my interviews. I would say the hardest thing for me about being an entrepreneur is the fact that everything rests on me. So currently, I'm not a big corporation. I'm literally a very small business. And I know that if I don't do anything, nothing will happen. If I don't work hard, my business will collapse. If I decide not to do any work for a whole week, that's going to be a very, very big difference in my sales, in what I take, like what what I take home. It just makes a big difference in everything. So I would say that is the hardest thing, just knowing that you're responsible for its downfall and you're responsible for its success. That is really, really hard. It's a a hard, heavy is the head. that wears the entrepreneur heavy is the head that owns its own business ah, does that make sense anyway um i'll see yeah, i'll say the hardest thing about being an entrepreneur is just knowing that if you don't work money's not coming and you have to work very very hard You have to work really, really hard. For example, when I was in full-time work, I knew at the end of the month, I'm getting paid this month, this much. And I'm getting paid this much, whether I take days off or not, I work hard or not. And now since we've been in lockdown, whether I spend all day watching TV, not actually doing any work, I'm still getting paid this much at the end of the month. Compare that to entrepreneurship, it doesn't work that way. You get paid what you put in. You get paid what you put in. If you don't put in any work, you're not going to get paid. If you put in a lot of work, you'll get paid. And what you get paid 
it's still for you for me to get paid what I used to get paid when I was working full time I have to work extra extra hard that is a harsh reality but I am doing this because I am seeing the future I am looking at it like fair enough life like it's a it's hard right now but I don't see it as hard to be honest I just, I I enjoy what I'm doing I don't see it as hard but it is hard work I look at it like I don't have as much free time as I'd like to every time you probably see me I'm on my phone and I'm probably doing some sort of work I don't go to bed until two two o'clock or three o'clock in the morning because I'm seeing I've got a vision of where I want to go I want to go somewhere with this I want a certain lifestyle for myself and my family I want a certain freedom for myself and that is a freedom that I knew within myself I wasn't going to get while I was working for someone else. So it's hard being an entrepreneur, but I would not, I would not change it for anything. Like I would not go, I would not close my businesses to go back into full-time work. If I'm going back into full-time work, I'm still going to be doing the businesses on the side because the vision has to come true. And I would not feel like I'm being true to myself until I, pursue those dreams okay so to wrap up the two questions I usually ask at the end of each episode are what does success look like to you and do I think a woman can have it all so the first one what does success look like to me success to me looks like freedom I feel like once I'm in a position where I can go for a month and my businesses are still running, they're still thriving, orders are still being fulfilled. I feel like that that is what success would look like to me when I have that freedom of choice. And do I believe a woman can have it all? I'm the type of person that I want to have it all. But after speaking to Fulashayo last week in our episode two, she kind of brought me down to earth, which is you might drive yourself crazy trying to have it all at the same time and everything has its season maybe that's the reality of it that as a woman you can't can I have my two businesses well I guess you can't have it all actually I mean I might be the prime example of it like I had to quit my job in order for me to make BQ London and Melody work Melody Box work because I could not make two businesses work at the same time and have a full-time job so I guess that was me sacrificing a nice full pay <laughs> to try and make this work. So when this is finally working, okay, let's look at it like this. When this is finally working, if we kill and a melody box thrive and they are at the level of success that I'd like them to be, what area of my life is going to lack? 
but I will not ponder on that now. I'll cross that bridge when I get there. So that was it, everyone. Thank you for listening to my ramblings. I've been rambling for like almost an hour now. (laughs) I would like to give a special thank you and shout out to my brother who produced the beat, the introductory beat. And the beat you're hearing right now, he produced it. He is only 13 years old. And I am happy with it. Well done, Nathan. Like he said, I hope I hope your podcast goes viral. <laughs> Thank you, Nathan. Although I don't think that he was saying, I hope your podcast goes viral for me. I think he was saying, I hope your podcast goes viral so that people can hear his beat. <laughs> so he had nothing to do with me. Um... I have been Clyde Tammy. You can find me on Instagram at that girl Tammy, same as Twitter. Joining the conversation, use hashtag who moved my Birkin. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please email me at who moved my Birkin at gmail.com. Use guest in the subject line and put your company website, what you do, and your name in, in the body of the email. Also, if you have any questions that you'd like us to address in any episode, please DM me or send them to whomovemybirkin at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. I didn't realize that I was going to be rumbling for so long. Next week's episode is going to be... You don't want to miss it. Make sure you tune in. Four and five are going to be... four five and six are going to be life-changing make sure you listen speak to you later bye